Welcome. Today we're going to do Pasha's Kisaitse. So the Pasuk says like this, Be somebody who is not Tahar. So, the Gemara says in Pesachim like this, Person shouldn't use a bad bad word, and he says that it says So so you have eight extra letters, and it uh, it could have said that to me. It could have eight extra letters. You find that the Torah uses nine extra letters. This pasuk. And Ravina says ten, the vav of Tahar, ten. So Rashi says like this. Hashloyu Tahar, halal mechtev ishtamei. Even if you say Tahar is chaser, so so you have if Tahar would be chaser. If look at let's count the letters. Hasher is three. Loi is two is five. Yeah is four is nine. Tar is four is thirteen. So if it uh, so take off three for Tame is ten. Raf Papa says it's nine. How nine? It should be ten. So that like Ravina says. So he says that even if you would say that it's chaser, that it was spe- spelled without the vav, then it would be twelve and take off three it's nine. Ravina says no, that is it's ten. So Rash says why? Because it's not chaser. The loy chaser was not chaser. In the Torah it says above in there, so it's not chaser. So what's the pshat of Papa? If it would have been, if you don't count above, then it would be nine. So that's why he has nine. Uh, but Lamai said there is above there. So Ravina seems to be correct that you have thirteen letters. And if it said Tome, you had there'll be three, so take it off, you have ten. So I want to say that the Machlaikis of Rav Papa and Ravina is how you look at a Chaylam. Rav Papa looks at a Chaylam as not a letter, he looks at it as a Nakuda. It's like a Kumet, it's like a Pasach. So even a Chaylam Godel, where it comes with a Vav, it's also only in the Kuda, it's not a letter. So you can't count it. So that's what he's saying. If you don't count the, the Vav, then you end up with 12 minus 3 is 9. But Ravina holds that the Chaylam is a letter. The dot on top of it is a, the, the Kuda, but the Vav is a letter. You count it as a letter. If you count it as a letter, you have 13 letters. You take off 3, you have 10. It's not a thought. Okay. So the Pasuk says like this, that if you lend money to a poor person and you um, take a mashkin, you take a mashkin, if the, if the person that you lend money to is an ani, don't keep his, uh, his blanket, I don't know what it is exactly, so don't keep the don't keep it overnight. As soon as the sun goes down, give him back his blanket. And he'll be able to sleep with his garment. 
וברכך, הוא בן שהוא, לחותי את צדוקה, לפני השם הלקחה. רש"י says like this, וברכך, הוא בן שהוא, ואינו מבורכך, even if he doesn't bend you, מכל מקום לחותי את צדוקה. So what exactly is Rashi saying over here? What's the point for the bracha? Is this like the schar of the, of the mitzvah of giving back the ovoid? Is tzedakah, you know, it's tzedakah. You're giving him the ovoid to use it at night, that's tzedakah. So, so the, the schar of that mitzvah is that he's going to bench you? That's the schar of the mitzvah, tzedakah. And, and, and if he doesn't bench you, so then you'll have tzedakah anyway without that schar. Is that what the Pasuk is is that what the Pasuk is saying? If you look back in Pashas Re'eh, it says, Le'sik points that's where it's talking by regular tzedakah. Le'sik points as yodcha melechicha evyayin, yishom lecha p'niyadavr melovecha b'lial, don't have bad feelings in your heart, v'le'siten lo'y, you're not going to give him tzedakah, v'kore lecha el Hashem, the only will complain about you to the Rabbinic Shleilam and you will have an Avera. So over here, this is in the Iker Pasha of Tzedakah, not the, the Avay, this is the main Pasha of Tzedakah, and it doesn't say anything about the only giving you a bracha. It doesn't say anything about a bracha. And, and over here it says it's a bracha. And uh, the Sifri says that there's a mitzvah on the only to give you a bracha. So if there's a mitzvah to only to give you bracha here, why is there a mitzvah to only to give you a bracha by the Ikim mitzvah of tzedakah? It doesn't say that he should give you bracha. It says if you don't give him, you should know he's going to complain to the Rebbein about you. It's not going to be good for you. But where's the only's bracha for giving him tzedakah? So I'd like to say something that I, I heard from my brother Yisrael. I think it's very good. So he says like this, that people have an attitude that there's, there's tzedakah and there's business. And the two are not the same thing. I can give you tzedakah, I'll give you tzedakah. But if we're going to do business, we'll do it business-like. So that's, that's yeah, you want tzedakah, ask me for a handout, I'll give you a handout. You want to do business with me? Then let's do business the way businessmen do business. So over here, he's saying like this. You have to give him back his ovoid. When you lend somebody money, then that's a big mess of tzedakah to lend somebody money. But if you take a, a mashkin from him, that's business-like. So I say, okay, I'm going to lend you money, but I want a mashkin. So that's business. So if it's business, uh, why should I give you back the mashkin? We're doing business. So why should I give you back the mashkin? So it's, and if you do give back the mashkin, that is already a higher madrig of tzedakah, where even when you're doing business, you're still doing it in the oifen of tzedakah. So that's what he's saying over here, that, that when, when you give him back the ovoid, he'll give you a bracha, because he will recognize that what you did is a high madrig of tzedakah. And he has a mitzvah, according to the Sifri. He has a mitzvah to recognize that. He, you went and you borrowed money and you signed a, you signed a shtar and you gave him a mashkin and you're doing business with him the way you would do with anybody else. And still, he gave you back the mashkin to use at night. It's, a, it's incumbent on the Oni to recognize what kind of a tzedakah that this 
Malva did with him, and he should give him a bracha for it. And it's a mitzvah for him to do it. If he fails to do that, so the Apostle is telling you, even if he fails to do it, but you know that you did a really chashem of tzedakah. But before, when it's talking about the mitzvah of tzedakah, the mitzvah of tzedakah, so, so this is regular tzedakah. This is not business. This is tzedakah. By tzedakah, he only doesn't have to recognize it, and he doesn't have to give you... I mean, it would be nice if he gave you a bracha, but he doesn't have a special obligation to, to appreciate how you went beyond what you were required to do. You had a mitzvah, give me tzedakah. Okay, give me tzedakah. Fine. But when it comes to the Avait, when it comes to the Mashkin, he gives it back to you, the only should recognize it, and he should give you a bracha. I think it's very good. Okay, now... Okay, I'd like to say something about the, about the end of the parasha. You have to destroy Amalek. Now, I want to talk about what happened by Shaul. How you mekayim this machet timcha? So Shol went, and he killed all the Amalekim. He attacked Amalek. He killed everybody. Only he left Agag, and that night he impregnated a shivcha, and uh, and then when Shol Shmuel killed him, but that child that the shivcha gave birth to, that was the reconstitution of Amalek. So at that point, there was nobody left. There was only this fetus, that was all that was left. But if you look in the Psukim, like a few months after this, David at that time, he had his, his group, his, his, his uh, few hundred men, and they were living in Tziklag, which is in Plishtim, and they went out on a raiding party, and when they came back, they discovered that Amalekim had abducted their families. And it says a very interesting Lush in the Pasik that they cried and cried until they couldn't cry anymore, which is like really something. Just, just as a side point, they cried when they, they lost their families, and, uh, and it's not like they, they, uh, like they were killed, but they were abducted, they were alive, and they lost them. It was so heartbreaking that they cried until they, they, they just all cried out. They couldn't cry anymore. But the question is, where did these Amalekim come from? All that at this point, all that there was was a fetus. Where did these Amalekim come from? So, um, some of us want to say that there's a medrash that, that some Amalekim with Kishiv turned themselves into behemoths. So, the behemoths that weren't killed, some of them were really Amalekim masquerading as behemoths. So these behemoths, they became, they turned themselves back into people, and these were the Amalekim. It's a medrash. But I think it's a little difficult to say that the Pshutai Shel Mikra is based on a medrash to which there is no remez in the Pasik. I think that's a little bit difficult to say. So I would like to suggest a shot like this, and I think it's maybe correct. When Shaul attacked uh, Amalek, the cities of Amalek, and he killed everybody. But at that time, there were Amalekim that were out in the field. There were Amalekim that were on raiding parties. There were Amalekim that were on business trips. There were Amalekim on vacation in Mexico. There were Amalekim that were out that were not there. 
they were scattered around. There were other malakim. All the malakim weren't in the cities. But if he had killed the entire everybody, he destroyed the city, and he killed the king, then all those Amalekim out there would have been assimilated into other nations, and the Amaleki nation would cease to exist. It's not necessary, it was not necessary to kill every single Amaleki. It was necessary to wipe out the Amaleki nation. That's what was necessary. And if he had killed everybody, and yet killed the king, but since he left the king, then later, then these these were Amalekim. They were out there. They 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 raided Ziklag. They were, but but later when this king grew up, then that was like a focal point, and the whole nation could reconstitute itself around. And all these stragglers that are out there, they could coalesce again into a reconstituted nation of Amalek. So that was the problem. The problem was that he didn't kill Agog. Therefore, all those Amalekim that were out in the field, all those Amalekim once again became Amalek. Thank you very much, and I hope to see you next week.